to you. I, I like having these conversations uh, once or twice a year. I always learn something from you, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll have other people learning things as well, correct? Well, we hope so. That's you know, kind of the whole part of the fun of the design. Folks, we are here also for your phone calls. If my lip's going to actually fit this morning, 715-845-2155. Give us a call. We're here to take your questions, which we're happy to do. You know, one of my uh, uh, favorite economists uh, pops up, and um, he just simply had a, a, a headline that I saw pop up, and then it was for one of his video things. I didn't watch the video this morning, but I thought it was relatively interesting. And so uh, he had said that the vote this past week uh, mm-hmm. was a vote for quiet. So vote okay. For quiet. And so basically, I, I, you know, I think the election this week has been anything but quiet. But well, that's I, I just think, me. I think people just want to have a little bit more calm when this is all done. So <laughs> you know, waiting for the, the going right. Into it. So uh, it's it's going to be an amazing thing. I had a conversation with some friends, and uh, the conversation with my friends, I said, you know, with all the bashing that's happened, if you were conservative, I'm right down to a friend of mine said this past week weekend before the election. Somebody's running through their private land, uh, calling him communist because they had a Trump flag up. And looking at this and think, thinking to myself, how possibly farther from the truth could that be when the other side is saying they want to become socialist? And I'm not trying to say one way or another, mm-hmm. but people just don't know what the heck's going on. So I said to myself, with all the um, attacks that you've seen to conservatives and to the other side as well, don't get me wrong, um, it just really seems nice voting for the quiet. Hopefully it just quiets down and we see where we're going from here. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a while before that happens, though. We're going to have court cases and uh, things are going to be uh, held up. Uh, Counting-wise, we're going to have a recount here in Wisconsin. We do know that, and and those processes will have to play everything states. out. Yeah. Uh, who knows what happens? Maybe we still don't know what's going on on January 20th, and uh, – and we have the House and the Senate picking a president and vice president, and we have President Pelosi. We have uh, Vice President don't, don't, uh, some, don't say those two something words like again. that. Yeah. Just, just, hey, it, it's it's, it's, it's all on the, the table. I like you. I mean, let's not. Let's, let's not hey, it's uh, it, like I said, it's all on the table at this point. Uh, if if everything uh, keeps going into into January, and and Merle, I know I know you jokingly say that you don't want to hear that. I think there's a lot of other people that have money tied up in the markets that don't want to hear that as well because uh, we've seen things be a little volatile this week, even just not knowing here in the hours and and now days after the election. If it drags on any further than this, I've got a feeling a lot of people are going to be impacted on this financially. Well, we'll we'll see. You know, one one of the things, boy, Mm -hmm. there's a hundred things in the middle of there, but let's go through them. Sure. Again, this is part of the reading because of the... uh, the conversation with Brian Westbury, and, and uh, I get weekly emails from him, folks, and I, I really like his work. But uh, so in there, he's talking about you know the U.S. economy opened up. We've talked about this over the course of the last few weeks. First, we saw the you know the, the market drop significantly, some thirty five percent on an annualized basis. Then we just jumped up here uh, this past week at thirty three point one, going back up on a GDP, which of course is the measure of how the country is doing economically. And so we're still down 2.9% from where we were a year ago, but at the same time, this very much is the V-shaped recovery. Um, and I'm, uh, so, so no matter what, that has occurred, and so we have had a V-shaped recovery. 
we're coming back tremendously. And now hopefully after the election, the weirdos on each one of the coasts find out that maybe it's time for them to get back to work again. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm not supposed to put any political commentary right. in here, but I'll stop at that point for the next we'll, two or three we'll, minutes. Yeah, we'll, we'll close that can of worms but now that it's been as slightly we, as opened. We, as we get back to work again fully, on, on mainly the coasts are somewhat down. We're, we're working pretty good here in the middle part of the country, but as the coasts are coming back to work again, um, I think we see some economic growth again. Will we come back to normal where we were back in December? You know, Probably not until the latter part of next year if I had to take a stab at that. Uh, the government spending, of course, is, is one of the things we have to look at. Um, in here, he has some statistics that look at. The amount of spending that we did as a government um, was up tremendously this year, obviously, um, as a result of the amount of money that we put into the pandemic. Um, it hasn't been since 1945 since we've seen it at this rate, and it still hasn't even been as high. In fact, in 1945, our GDP was at, I'm sorry, our spending for a national defense Defense spending, there's a word. That'll teach me for only having one cup of coffee this morning. <laughs> was at 36.6% of GDP, and this past year it was at 473 I mean, we spent a lot of money on a pandemic getting it rolling. And you know what? And that was the right thing to do. Now we have to make sure that we're financing it over a long period of time so we can afford to do that. The difficulty comes in is when we see, um, you know, the government coming by and said, well, we want to spend another, you know, three, $3 trillion, $4 trillion coming up. So the question is, we still got to pay for this stuff. And it's expensive to do so. And you look at it in the additional things that uh, the new administration may or may want to do or get done, that we still have to pay for this stuff. And if the uh, government, which it does all the time, both sides of the aisle, says, oh, well, we spent this much money last year. We're going to do it again next year. It's the old stick your foot in pretty soon. It's the, uh, the leg. Then it's the, the whole calf. Then pretty soon they're jumping in and they're in the middle of wherever you are. And so I think that's where I really have a fear is the government starting to just spend so much more money. And that's where the conservatism uh, pops out of me and say, well, geez, I don't think we really, really need to. We get people back to work. It's not continuing to keep pumping money to them uh, in the form of, of, of uh, stimulus as much as it is, is let's get people back to work and rolling. Now, one of the things I had looked at this morning is, you know, we said, well, we got to get people rolling, but we have to get the, the virus under control. You know what? We're not getting the virus under control without a vaccine. It's just not going to happen. Obviously, there have been multiple uh, areas. There's been multiple places that have mandated masks. We've had masks on, not had masks on. It's still here. It's still coming. And it's probably going to be with us um, for years to come, even after we get the vaccine, because some people aren't going to take the vaccine. Um, some people might get another strain. of it. It's going to be here. So um, we have to look at then, uh, more importantly, in, in uh, my eyes, is what's happening with the death rate. Um, and you know what? It's it's really not changing much. Um, in fact, uh, even though we're, more of us are getting it, uh, the death rate as far as the percentage are getting it down. In fact, the actual number of deaths are coming up a little bit as of late, but they're not. Our therapeutics, um, our hospitalization, and what's happening with people who are getting COVID, we're getting it. Don't get me wrong. Not saying that we're not, um, uh, but we're not passing away as much as we used to. Um, so I've got so many people that I know and friends, and I'm in the the investment business, and I probably have had two dozen people who are in their 70s who are clients of mine that have had COVID and said, yeah, well, it sucked for a little while, but I'm fine. And the person who have it the uh, worst, um, as I know, two people, one of them passed away. Um, they didn't go to the doctor until it was too late. Dumb move. Mm -hmm. um, and the other person um, is a doctor who has to wear a mask every day and gloves. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. And he got it the worst, and uh, uh, he's in his late 40s. So... It's going to be here, folks. So we have to get back to work. So how do we do that? You know, how do we do it uh, a way that's better to uh, mitigate whatever the spread is? We have to do that. That's where the answer is, in my opinion, is getting us back to work. 
not sitting around holed up in a bunker when you're 30 years old because you think the world's crashing. You know. Certainly, certainly not something that I've uh, I've wanted to do at all. But yeah. uh, and, and I'm in my 30s. But uh, and I've been you know to work here every day. But like you said, there's there's ways to to mitigate the risk. I think we're finding that out. Uh, is the economy back to where you know it should be or it would be if we didn't have the virus? I guess who knows from there. But my my question to you right now is, at, you know, looking at this from a financial perspective. How difficult has it been for you and in, in the conversations that you've had with your clients to calm them down, to, to get them to say, hey, look, nobody's hair is on fire here. These things are going to happen. The, the markets are going to go up and down. Stay the course here because your money is still going to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have a really good question here. And these are questions we've been having probably two or three, even four weeks prior to the election is, yeah, and, and the number one question, do I need to take all my money out? I said, no, you don't have to take all your money out. <clears throat> History shows us, and this isn't Merle's pr- prediction. History shows us that, you know, we still need to have milk, bread, eggs, shoes. Uh, we still need to have the lights turn on. The companies that are doing it aren't doing it for no profit, and they're not going to survive that way. Unfortunately, this pandemic seems to be hitting the small companies um, and small entrepreneurs more than anything else. They're just getting uh, decimated. Um, so, so we still need to have all those products and services, and so, so as a result of that, there's still going to be places that are making money, and still places we can have investments and and that kind of stuff. The economy's not going to shut off. Um, we're just it's just not going to go in that direction, and so as a result of that, we can look back then in recent history. We can look back in the Obama administration, and, and though there's claims that uh, you know the uh, Obama administration, you know, made the world a grit, no, no, they they didn't. It moved sideways during the Obama administration, with the exception of the increase that we went from the drop-off after the financial uh, pan- pandemic. Financial pandemic, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> after 2008 and 2009, when things dropped off after the financial crisis, um, uh, we came back to a normalcy. And if you add that into there, well, the Obama administration did great stuff. But you know what? They didn't do anything to do that. The marketplace came back to where it was, which is pretty much the same thing we just saw recently when the stock market came back up to where it was after the pandemic is done. That's what we just recently saw this past quarter. So the same similar thing in the Obama administration came up. But after that, the the, the, the market kind of went sideways. Uh, you know, it sloped up a little bit. We had a little bit of growth each year, but it kind of went sideways over the, the period of time then during the Obama administration. We didn't lose money inside of the markets. We didn't make tremendous gains, but we, we, we did okay. I mean, we made some money. We survived. We had our milk, eggs, bread, food, shoes. We had all the stuff that we needed. And so that's our recent history. Um, and during that administration, we had additional regulation. We had additional tax for various areas. And, and we still were okay. We muddled through. So what made it work with the, the Trump administration is that they dropped taxes. The, the, the big one is the corporate taxes dropping back, which was brilliant. Um, so the corporate taxes came back. Some personal taxes came back. We you know, took some of that tax money and put it in the form of debt fund longer into the future to spark the economy. And that was really going dropped regulation. And that's where we saw the big rise again. So if the new administration comes in and they repeat what's happened with the Obama administration, we're probably going to muddle along and go sideways again. Now, if uh, Biden does, the Biden administration does what the Clinton administration does, and this is a hats off to the Clinton administration, um, is when they came into office, they said, well, why would we change anything? It's working. It's you know, still at the uh, Reaganomics was still going. He left things alone, very brilliant that way, and left it alone largely for six out of the eight years he was in office. Left it alone, and we saw the continued expansion. We saw balanced budgets. Now, was that uh, uh, Bill Clinton stuff? Well, no, he just left something that was working and left it alone. Hats off to him. Um, and so uh, so with that, I think we end up going sideways. Now, 
why do we see the stock market jump up so much is the next question, especially. So, by the way, we explained that to the clients along the way. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I didn't want to have, my worst scenario list, is um, a uh, Biden presidency uh, because, and this isn't Merle's rhetoric, uh, we've heard him say that, you know, they want to slow down fossil fuels and go more to a green. They want to go back into the Paris Accord, which is going to cost us money. And it sounds like a, 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 a Republican list. It's, it's not. It's simply what he said he wants to do. Wants to increase taxes, wants to increase the, uh, uh, the taxes to corporations. Um, he says corporations have to pay their share. Folks, corporations don't pay taxes. If they have to pay taxes, they increase the price of goods uh, to cover the cost of taxes, which means you and I end up paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. We just have to look at that reality. That's what happens in corporate America. So along the way here, what occurs is that everything has the ability to lower earnings per share on corporate America. Not that corporations are the end all, the best thing, but what happens then is we tend to see the economy slow or the market slow um, as a result of that. Again, nothing I'm making up. That's just what the rules are and what happens. So the worst case scenario is that we have the Biden administration become president. Obviously, we're going to have a, uh, a Democratic House, and if we flip to a Democratic Senate, and that's where the difficulty would come in that I have to. So as it looks like we were going to continue to have a uh, Republican Senate, uh, Republican House and uh, uh, Republican White House, uh, I'm sorry, Democratic White House, uh, the market said, okay, we're going to have gridlock, nothing going to get done. Remember, the market does not like uncertainty. The market likes gridlock because it knows that nothing will get done and you can continue <laughs> on in business. Right. So then we saw the stock market jumping up quite a bit. It wasn't really a referendum that um, Joe Biden got in. It was a referendum that things were going to be gridlocked um, and, and uh, things aren't going to change. Uh, from where we are right now, we continue to keep doing business as, as much as possible. Now, through this whole thing, one of the things that excites me is that we have a low interest rate still, so we're very stimulative uh, for running business and getting things back to normal. And that in itself, um, I think, is going to continue to run the economy and drive the economy uh, for probably, you know, uh, eight to 12 quarters easily. So we're looking at, you know, two years, two and a half years based on where interest rates are before they get to some sort of a point that it slows the economy down. So at least through the next midterm election, which, again, believe it or not, we have to do this all over again in 2022, right? Yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> hey, kidding. He is Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense here on AM550. I'm done now. I, everything I had on my list, we're finished. We can just wrap up the show. <laughs> we can wrap music. the show up right now. Well, we do have some other things to talk about, especially uh, you know jobs, as we mentioned, where we're still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. I'll ask Merle about that coming up here in just a bit. We'll also take your phone calls as well. 845-2155 is the number. We'll be back after this. This is Making Financial Sense here on WSAU. 825 on a Saturday morning. We are on our way to a daytime high of 69. Mostly sunny skies outside the WSAU studios here in uh, downtown Wausau. I am WSAU News Director Mike Leishner sitting in for Tom King today. Merle Kelch is in as well, so we have some sense of normalcy here in the uh, post-election. We, we, we've just just got done talking about some of the uh, implications of the election and, and some, of the, some of the ways that could affect your money. But one of the other things that's uh, still been out there, still been hanging over, uh, over us, we still do not have the COVID-19 situation under control, as we had talked about. And we all know what happened back in March and April when... 
the initial shutdowns were handed down and nations start or states, I should say, started closing down their economy. Well, one of the things that that brought everything back was the outdoor dining and things like that. Uh, restaurants were able to expand their capacity temporarily. We did that here in Wausau. Well, now that we do have, we know winter is not a few weeks away. Winter at this point could be a day or even just a couple hours away with the way the weather changes here uh, in Wisconsin. That's going to impact a lot of those industries. Again, we're probably going to see another round of maybe some job losses as, you know, our unemployment at one time was around 14, 15%. We've gotten that down. That could rebound again here. Is that something else that uh, we need to be watching uh, from the financial perspective as as we go into the winter months and things start going inside that we're outside? Uh, let me read this and then answer that. Folks, sure. the opinions voiced in this uh, blah, blah, blah. The opinions voiced in this show. Again, including he's only had one I'm cup of coffee. Say, um, <laughs> for general information only. And are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Folks, securities and investment advisory services offered through HBEC Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. HBEC Incorporated and Kelton Associates are unaffiliated companies, and folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. You know, so in here, I've said for a long time, uh, Mike, that we should protect ourselves. Don't get me wrong. Um, you, you don't create a place that's just a hotbed for um, um, COVID to spike up. But largely, um, you know, we, we have to protect ourselves. If you don't want to have COVID, make sure you have a proper mask. Um, um, and and the, the little cloth mask when your nose is hanging out just isn't going to cut it. So, you know, go out and get yourself some N95 masks, not KN95 masks. Whole other story for that another time. But get some N95 masks. Wear them if you have to be out someplace if you don't want to get it. If you don't have that, including if you have the beautiful little uh, you know, cloth mask with some sort of insignia on it, um, all you're doing is reducing the risk. You're not getting rid of the risk. So you have to understand that. So if we look at what's happening inside of the bar and restaurants and that kind of stuff, you know, we, 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 we just have to look at the reality of what's happening and the bars and restaurants um, are getting hit. You know, we at the Eagles Club, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still very much involved inside of that. Our whole staff got it at one time, and we were closed for two and a half weeks, not because we couldn't be open. had nobody to work. Everybody was sick. Mm-hmm. And now we're all back, and, and we're doing okay. But but that's going to happen. Um, um, and I think it's going to happen across the board as we're now coming inside, which seems to be that as soon as we're close, um, um, it sparks. One person has it. It spreads like wildfire across it. It's what's happening. And uh, it's happening inside of states. We can see it one after another as it gets colder. It's popping up through the Midwest, just as it did in the South uh, prior before. Yeah, indeed. And we got to the phone lines now. 715-845-2155 is the number. Good morning. You are making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Hey, Merle. Uh, sounds like you have a great new host. Uh, congratulations. Well, he's better looking, too, than Tom. <laughs> oh, that's debatable. but. <laughs> anyway, uh, my question for you is, what publications and websites can you go to to get, uh, and what you where you go to to get accurate information on the economy instead of uh, partisan partisan baloney and BS, and and uh, that we can all go to that get factual information on the economy. And where do you go for your information? Yeah, there's, there's multiple places. At, uh, you know, one of my favorite places has been, and this is actually changing a little bit right now, and I, I miss his name. I'm just going to say caller, but. Um, you know, one of my favorite places has been for a long time has been go to marketwatch.com. 
And MarketWatch.com has 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 some brilliant information. Um, I, I applaud them in saying that they'd have both sides of the, the opinion on here, so they'd have more of a liberal and a conservative side of the opinion. You can make your own choice. But inside of that website, they've got, uh, if you look at the economy, they've got stuff that's you know listed, your numbers, uh, what's going on inside of it. Um, I love their stuff. Now, it's changing a little bit. It used to be that you go in and look at stuff for free. They were selling the advertising. Um, well, now it's in there that you can look at it for a certain period of time, as we're seeing in so many places. You time out that you have to buy it. Granted, it's only a few bucks a month, but it's still a few bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that bothers me, but I still use the site regularly. I still love it. I still use what I use when I prep for the show, except my iPad doesn't like it, so that's a whole other conversation. But I would start there. It's really good. There's another one. There's a website that's out there called Investopedia. Um, Investopedia was started with guys like me that was giving you information back and forth and for people studying, and they keep adding more information to it. So it's more of a how do things work in the investment world, but they've got a lot of great stuff in it too. Um, you can also go into multiple government sites because the government sites has a lot of statistical data in it, and I'm trying to – boy, I can't get exactly – is it um, Office of – OBM, Department of OMB, Revenue, no, something like that. OBM, OMB, one of those two has those sites as well. And then uh, look at Economist. Um, so for the caller, one of my favorite columns, uh, co- I'm sorry, Economist that I love, there's actually two of them. One of them doesn't really publish too much anymore because he's kind of busy working in the White House. But um, the other one is, is Brian Westbury out of First Trust. Um, First Trust is, a, is an organization out of Chicago. Um, they're actually an investment firm, but Brian Westbury is regularly on CNBC and other places, um, has won multiple awards as an economist. And in the, the 15 or 20 years I've been uh, watching, this guy tends to be spot on quite a bit. Then you can go into his site and uh, you can sign up for a um, weekly email that they'll drop into you as well as other stuff. And so I hope those locations help you for where we look for information. Now, for looking at information on individual stocks and funds and all that kind of stuff, uh, we pay the, you know, Several hundred bucks a month for the really cool Morningstar stuff that you don't get for free. But um, Morningstar has got um, a lot of great information on individual stocks and bonds you can get for free going to their website. And that's another place with just, I believe it's just Morningstar.com uh, for that one. And, and of course, if you would like to have a more in depth conversation about uh, any of this, Merle is always available at his office on uh, Bridge Street as well. Let people know. Uh, how they can get in touch with you if you've ma- if they'd maybe like a, a consultation or if they'd like to pick your brain on some of this. Well, this past week, grab a bottle of scotch. and you, No, just, <laughs> it's been a long week, my friend. Mike. Exactly. Um, so anyway, you can always, always get a hold of us on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street, and uh, we will get more of that information as we finish up at the end of the show. All right. We will come back, uh, take a look at the news headlines, and then we will have more Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch here on WSAU. It is 8.38 on this Saturday morning, making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Here I am, WSAU News Director Mike Leishner, sitting in for Tom King. Merle, uh, you've got another great uh, story. You were talking earlier about some of these websites you like to look at. Well, you've uh, you've fished another one up here. Uh, well, I, I always got stuff to finish up. You know, <laughs> what's, what's amazing to me is um, all the people say, well, how do you know about all this stuff? I said, well, just because I read two hours a day of all these things, you know. I actually have to say that yesterday I took the day off. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't look at one political investment article for the whole day just because I needed to. You know what I did yesterday? I cut tree branches. It was great. I smelled pine. It was like testosterone. It was awesome. You know? <laughs> and and he came back day. feeling 10 years younger. Oh, I did, except for the knees. That's because I'm old and fat. You know. 
So we're talking about uh, marketwatch.com and how they time you out and it's happening right now as we speak. So they're saying, oh, buy, buy this, blah, blah, blah. So um, new computers in the office too, by the way. Oh, hey, that's that's always well, always positive. This, yeah. is, this is for the benefit of everybody who's, who's listening. The securities industry is literally getting so secure in what they're doing is phenomenal. And so this is not only me as an advisor, but but for everybody that's out there, um, the rules that are coming up that are making us uh, do for new systems, we literally just went out and bought brand new systems. So with that being the case, I have friends of mine that are in IT for governments. Okay. Um, and I said, uh, here's what they're ma- having us do. And they said, what do they think you are, a bank? Because it's, it's the security is just insane to the point that we had to buy new systems to handle what the new security is, is deemed to be. It's crazy. My God, I'm going to end up having to have some sort of a, a, a fingerprint eye and a saliva sample just to get in my <laughs> laptop. I mean, it's just, well, maybe not quite that bad, but it's just insane. So anyway, back to the article. You know, So the top of the article pops up and says, the next president may inherit a resilient economic recovery. So again, some of the things we were just talking about, an article by Jeffrey Bardash uh, through marketwatch.com. And so in here, some of the stuff that, that snuck in this past week in the middle of all the, all the election stuff we should chat about is that now the U.S. added uh, 638,000 jobs in October, and the government said on Friday that, um, and more than 900 also inside of the private sector, the unemployment rate is now 6.9%, now below 7 And so we're, we're coming to a point now where 6.9% would have been almost a recessionary type of event. But remember, we started with 14.7%. And so the economy is growing and is expanding. Hopefully, we come in on uh, both of the coasts and start coming in from there too. Yeah, and uh, that and we like you say you mentioned the coasts a couple of times, and, and that might seem like uh, you know the other side of the moon to somebody that's been here in the Midwest or somebody like me that's lived in a tri in a three state area my entire life. But what goes on there has an impact right here. I know I have friends that worked in the ethanol industry, and they said as soon as New York and California went into lockdown, that was a good chunk of their sales that went away. And that is what drove oil prices down and has forced the ethanol industry, uh, Poet being one of them, the biggest ethanol producer uh, in the country, to call some audibles, make some changes. And I think those businesses that have done that are the ones that are going to come out of this better than ever. Because in fact, one of my great friends from high school is the one that got poet started on making hand sanitizer and now they can't make it fast enough. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have friends that live in New York. I have friends that live in Los Angeles, Chicago, all over the place, uh, San Francisco. And at large, they're, they're staying at home. They don't go out at all. I said, well, how do you live? Uh, one of my friends looks like a mad scientist because he said he's not shaving until this whole thing gets done. I mean, geez, it just <laughs> I look at this and go, but you know, the, the, so so they're, everybody's living at home. We we can't function that way, you know. Um, we we have to get stuff done. I have a, a knee, for example, that needs to get some repair done. I'm fine. I just tore some meniscus. Um, I was just told this past week that oh, we can't do it. We the, the day surgery shut off because of COVID. Well, so how long then do people have that? You know, maybe have a questionable heart or something like that. How long before they start getting that stuff done? And I, I don't know if that's closed down or not, but we, we can't just simply stay home. We have to get out and do some stuff. we got to get out and do some work and get some work done. We can't work from home indefinitely. Even uh, the company that we do our work with, what's called a broker-dealer, um, almost all of them are still sitting at home and they're in Delaware. Well, why? They're not 
going into the office, you know, and uh, some companies are saying, well, geez, we don't think we need an office anymore. We can work from home. The production when you're at home just isn't the same as when you're inside of an office setting. The sharing of ideas isn't the same. I think those companies that stay at home or have people stay at home indefinitely are going to end up having some uh, brain drain because uh, your, your sharing of ideas just fall apart. You can't bounce stuff off each other. And we're not in a Zoom world, those being used. It's still not as effective. Yeah, it certainly, uh, certainly is not as effective. But uh, again, these companies that have found ways to get around that and they are finding ways to be innovative are the ones that are going to come out of this uh, bigger and better. In fact, as I've talked with uh, uh, career counselors at the University of Wisconsin, Stevens Point, they've said it as well. We are finding that students are getting asked, how did you navigate your last semester? How did you navigate the online class world? And the ones that were creative and the ones that were able to be successful with it, those are the resumes that are getting to the top of the list. So I, I guess where I'm going with this, Merle, is it, out of all this is the creativity, is something like that something good that can come out of this and something that can help the economy in the long run? One of the things I see is, is American ingenuity is, is tremendous, and, and we certainly are doing great things to be able to stride and survive. I think we're the best country in the world at this. You know, I look at this from speakers from years ago, and one of my favorite speakers says, you know, as the old song says from, um, oh, boy, I think it was Neil. Oh, what's his name? The uh, Neil Sedeka? Neil Diamond. There Neil we go. Diamond. There we go. Coming even a little bit farther up. Okay. Um, his song doesn't say, you know, uh, they're coming to Poland. No, it, it says they're coming to America. And the reason is the best and the brightest and the people who have the ability to get up and move, they're coming to America because we have the ability to do whatever we want to. If we're willing to work hard, all of our dreams can still come true. And so with that, we tend to get the best and the brightest that come over to the country. And from that, we get the best and the brightest and who are the most imaginative and have the most ingenuity to get things done. And I believe that hopefully or truly. Um, now, this is something I've mentioned over the course of the last few weeks for those that are listening. But to Mike, um, you know, we've had some 21 new restaurant chains open up over the course of the last couple of months. But they're all doing things differently. It's all designed for takeout, walk-up, uh, curbside type of delivery which is really kind of becoming a norm as of lately um, and doing that sort of thing. Um, even our, you know, our, uh, our little club that we have here, the Eagles Club for a nonprofit, we're still remaining open because of that. You know, we're using Bite Squad and, and DoorDash and uh, takeouts and that whole bit. We had to change everything from, you know, how do we have that stuff and still have a product that goes out so you can't have the little styrofoam <laughs> stuff because everything gets wet, so how do you change that? So we've had to adapt and adjust. I mean, just part of the nature of doing you want to stay open, you have to find a way to do it. But example, you know, if we look at all these companies, uh, these restaurants in Chicago and in Wausau and, and in these Midwestern states where it snows, um, how are you going to have outside dining? Unless it's going to be something on a stick like a frozen banana. Um, <laughs> how, you, you're not. So you have to find a way to adapt. And I think we're going to find that company by company by company, how do we do that? Um, uh, certain manufacturers that I know here in town, um, they have it so that if somebody <clears throat> gets ill, um, they have to plan for a certain number of people getting ill. And so we have to adjust that so that um, they uh, say, okay, uh, we're going to have this percentage of people that are going to uh, be ill from our manufacturing process, who's next to step up, as well as they're adding extra employees for that planning on how many people are going to be ill. They're adjusting and saying, how do we make sure that we're you know, being socially distanced, um, having it so that one person gets sick, hopefully they're getting sick, but they're not getting their whole department sick. We'll, we're going to figure this stuff out, but we got to get back to work. We can't sit at home and hide from this thing. It's not going away. Yeah, and, and uh, as I said, being innovative, being creative, and being in the food takeout uh, container business. 
Great way to be I successful. I think the food container business would be awesome. Yeah, great way to be successful these days. We well, get my fish rice so it still shows up crispy. <laughs> We'll have a winner. <laughs> Absolutely. We have uh, time for a couple more phone calls. So if you want to get in on the show, go ahead and give us a call. 715-845-2155. We'll be back after this. More Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch from WSAU. We are wrapping things up here on another edition of Making Financial Sense with Merle Kelch on AM550, FM 99.9, and in Wausau at 95.1 FM, WSAU Worldwide at WSAU.com. As the disclaimer says, though, of course, this show is uh, for Wisconsin residents with uh, forward-looking statements that may not come true. That's part of it, uh, anyway. Yeah. Well, you're getting there. You I'm know, getting yeah. getting there. I'll, I'm sure I'll get that down after I, I host a couple more <laughs> you know, times I've, here. I've been doing it for coming up on 20 years, and I still don't got it, and I read it every week. So Tom's <laughs> but, always uh, continually yeah, teasing me on that. Yeah, so, uh, there's but, an article that popped up from the Barons. It was a real nice little summary article. I'm just going to pop this out there, so... If you want to go to barons.com or something of this nature, but it says stocks had the best election election week since Roosevelt beat Hoover in 1932. So it's an article with multiple um, authors, um, uh, um, Alex, Alexandra Skaggs, uh, Bravo Kohlmeyer, um, and, and others. So um, in here, some of the important things I want to note is that uh, since the 1932 election, we haven't seen a rise up in this. And I've said it for a long time that the stock market almost generally finishes up because everybody gets excited that their candidate's going to change the world. Didn't say which side of the fence. Mm-hmm. So in here, the stock market, of course, the Dow was up 6.9% for the week. The S&P 500, 7.3%, and the NASDAQ, 9% for the week. It shot up. Um, and so with all three expected to have the strongest week since April, um, uh, we're going to continue on having uh, uh, some, some good gains, I think, over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, and I think that changes. But um, I think that changes, I'm sorry, if uh, the uh, the Senate um, goes to the Democratic side. And I think we tend to see some change then uh, because now we have some unpredictability. We don't know what's going to go on. But uh, nonetheless, uh, great news from an economic front, as we talked about before, with new jobs coming up. By the way, this private sector coming up 900, the expectation uh, wasn't even close to that. In fact, um, last month we actually lost 268,000 jobs, um, and we gained those 900 back. So it fan. Just a fantastic week. Unemployment at 6.9%. So the bottom line is uh, jobs report is strong. The economy is expanding with low interest rates. Uh, whoever the next president or the president, we, <laughs> whenever the president we find whenever out, we is, find out. Uh, is going to inherit uh, a great uh, backbone for expansion inside of the economy. And, and as you and I were talking a little bit uh, before the show as well, and, and this, again, is not a – a political statement uh, to one way or the other, to the left or to the right, or you know, to the Whig party, whatever have you. Everybody so far has been it's it's been a roller coaster. You said the markets have been fairly steady, but everything else around that has been just a roller coaster. And of course, part of that comes from the uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen one way or another. Right now, everybody's either fearing the absolute worst or thinking it's the absolute best. Yes, yes. It, it's not to that side or another. It is actually going to be somewhere in the middle. So eventually, this is going to settle down, right? Yes, it always does. Uh, you know, I've talked about on this program and, and Mike the same thing, and I have, and, and I really learned this from a, a, an attorney friend of mine um, who's now a judge. Actually, <clears throat> he had some of the, the the best mindset I've ever met in a person. So uh, though he may have had a, an opinion one way or another, he'd stop and say, well, let's just stop and look at the facts here. And I remember him saying that several times, except we're usually talking about it on the golf course. But, <laughs> okay. but, but there's truth that you just simply have to stop and look at the facts. And so 
part of the job that I have is to try to take the political out of it as best I can, uh, which is so difficult. And so, um, as our, our caller had mentioned earlier, where do you look for stuff? And I like marketwatch.com for that. I like to see some of the Barron's articles because they tend to do that type of thing. They tend to take the political out, say, here are the facts, and let you make up your own mind. That's the way Walter Cronkite and the uh, guys in the day used to do it. They just put the news out. You made your own decision. I think that's the way it should be. We shouldn't have mm-hmm. you know, news organizations that are spinning one way or another. Whichever news organization it should be, just simply say, here's what the news is. And I can promise you that at times is a very difficult portion of this job. But it's something that, like, as you mentioned, I strive for every day when I'm writing my news stories and my staff and and everybody else is the way it should be. Yep, that's that's where the professionalism part comes in. You just put the news out there, let people Mm -hmm. make up their own opinions. Um, But I think as we, we see that, we tend to then we'll settle down and come back to the point of saying, okay, so. Here's what the numbers are. How do we make those numbers better? Of course, we're going to continue to keep having spin it no matter what. That's what politicians do. Uh, but we got to try to take the politics out of it. And at this particular point in time, folks, the economy is expanding still. Um, it's growing. We seem to be coming out of this, but we got to get people back to work. We need that job, four-week jobless claim. It's really kind of a measure that we've used for years. Um, you have that four-week jobless claim. You want that number to be under about 400000 I mean, that's where the number is. And I don't know where we are right now. I didn't even look at it this morning. I apologize. But we want that uh, that four-week um, uh, unemployment rate, is what I mean, not jobless rate, unemployment rate, to be less than 400000 That's kind of like the ticket when you have um, uh, things really starting to cook. And so that's the number you're going to start seeing economists talking about, uh, people in the marketplace at some point in time saying, all right, how are we getting it? Are we getting close to that? And we're not close yet. Uh, last time I looked, we were still at some 900000 ish But, again, that's all pandemic-related. Eventually, it's not going to be pandemic. we just got to get growing. Um, but if we can do that with the pandemic and the virus still out there, it would just be absolutely golden. And by the way, the virus still isn't going to go away. Um, but we want to have it be able to manage. Hopefully the mm-hmm. vaccines come online relatively soon, which I suspect to be the case. Um, uh, especially when we see Johnson & Johnson stock jump up this past week considerably. Um, I think that's telling us that there's uh, something maybe coming out of the Johnson Johnson camp. Yeah, and, and again, that that means we don't know where this virus is going to go. We don't know. Maybe it's something that's it'll be like your annual flu shot. You have to get your annual COVID shot as uh, well. I, I think it, it could be. We don't we don't know. We don't have any long term data yeah. on this virus yet, and I think that's something that's maybe difficult for a lot of people to digest, and that's what makes probably makes your job difficult these days too, and and getting people to settle down and and stay the course. Well, that's that's exactly it. There, there's no panic in here. We still need this stuff. But, you know, you hit something right in the head I hadn't thought about. And, and Mike, good job. Um, great job thinking about this. Now I'll tell you what it was you thought about. <laughs> okay. You know, if the flu shot worked out well, we wouldn't have to have a new one every year. And the reason we're having a new one is one mm-hmm. for a booster and for adjustments or mutations that happen. My suspicion is we're going to see that same thing happen with the COVID. The same type of design is going to occur. Um, you know, we look at it, and I think Johnson & Johnson's got a candidate that's out there. And, again, it's not ready yet. It's still in trials. Uh, but theirs is a single shot, and we don't have to have it kept at Midas 32 Fahrenheit and all this kind of stuff to be able to hold it like some of the other candidates for the vaccine, for the COVID vaccine are. Um, and uh, and I think that's going to be part of it. Is it's going to be part of our lives. We end up getting the uh, the booster shot, which might have the uh, additional, additional mutations of it that may come around. And so um, that's where uh, I'd be surprised if it wasn't uh, that direction. 
He is Merle Keltry, making financial sense here on WSAU and WSAU.com. Well, you know, uh, a lot of us have been have been trying to digest all this information in, in, in a short period of time, and and again, cut through all the noise to find out what's fact and, I, I and what find isn't. That, uh, Scotch really helps out to, to understand this. It, it it's <laughs> it certainly doesn't hurt. All right, it folks, certainly if you want to get more information from us, uh, give us a call seven one five eight four nine thirty six hundred or toll free. Outside of the Wasa area at 866-355-5100. Um, you can also stop in for some of Mary's coffee, and it'll itch your paint. if uh, It's great coffee, but, man, it just really gets you rolling. Uh, Mary's Coffee, stop on in 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street, or find us online at kelchenassociates.com. I just wanted to get that out there before we had closing comments. That, I think that was just it. That oh, was the closing comments, was Yeah, absolutely. We always appreciate the time. Podcasts will be available at WSAU.com as well. Merle, again, thanks for stopping in. We will do it again uh, two more times. Yeah, I'll see you in December. Fantastic.